No sense being a dead horse? Yep. Great. <laughs> it's not going to work if I start doing it like that. Nope. Usually I ask if we should wrap the podcast up and then I edit that out. So it sounds should like. Should we murder just... a horse? <laughs> Maybe. That's how we'll do it from now on. Should we kill a horse? <laughs> and Aloud, arguably one of the best Australian Bojack Horseman podcasts. I'm Jem DeSalis. And I'm Paige Winkle. And today we watched episode 8 of season 2. Does it have a guessable name? Yeah, I'm gonna say it does for once. You'll need some hints, but... Give them. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> well, if you think I need hints, then give them to me. <laughs> um, it's something to do with the title of the show. Is it called... This is what they know. Close. It's three words. You're on the right track. Things they know? No, further on in the title. (laughs) Maybe I was wrong. We found out. Let's find out. Yes, it's called Let's Find Out. Yay. I knew that if we pretended we were going to get rid of this segment, the show would get embarrassed and make its episode titles easier to guess. (laughs) We've gotten a large influx of listeners, or at least downloads. So if you heard about the show recently for some reason, like there was just a colossal spike in downloads in mid-August for some reason, what's your deal? Let us know. (laughs) (laughs) How did you hear about us? That's a good question. Okay, let's get into the episode. Let's. So this episode starts at the studio where J.D. Salinger presents... Hollywood stars, what do they know? Do they know things? Let's find out. And we're walking through the halls with Wanda Bojack and Princess Carolyn. I think that this scene is actually meant to be a reference to Birdman. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I mean, it's all about putting on a play, but it's kind of well known for the fact that it's almost entirely one take. Okay. Like there's just a single moving camera following the main character around and the soundtrack is basically just drums the entire time. And that's also true of this scene. So I think that it's definitely doing a, doing a reference to Birdman there. I thought it was a reference to Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. I thought it was like a walking and talking with sort thing. Potentially that as well. Yeah. The long single take and the soundtrack are very Birdman-y, so okay. I think that was their primary reference, even if they were also doing an Aaron Sorkin thing. But that's also just probably... I, I like making fun of Aaron Sorkin for his walking and talking <laughs> as much as the next podcast host. But that is a thing that presumably does happen quite a bit if you're just about to go on air. Yep. Because everyone's in a hurry. They pass Mr. Peanut Butter, who is doing his vocal warm-up, which includes saying, Good boy. Yes. Good boy. <laughs> Kind of psyching himself up. And there's lots of worker bees in the background. Wanda's thanking Bojack for agreeing to be one of the first guests on the show. And we find out that Bojack doesn't know how the show works. um, And he's basically just there to support Wanda. She says, like, don't you even care about this? Like, you haven't even looked up what the show is. And he says, like... No, I think that this is stupid and a waste of time, but you care about it and I care about you, so I'm here. Which is honestly kind of sweet. Like, I think that's what a lot of things in relationships are, but you're not meant to say it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Wanda walks into the control room uh, where 
J.D. Salinger is directing and she's offered an iPad by Mia um, so that she can interact with the second screen experience. Mia is a mouse and I think this is the first time we've met her. Yes. But I really like her. Mia Mikkelman. I love her so much. She's got a little gold Swiss cheese charm on a chain. Yeah. Cool little necklace and she wears like a leopard print blazer. It's real cool. And she's voiced by uh, Tatiana Mullaney, I think. She plays uh, all of the, like nearly all of the characters in or- Orphan Black. Oh, cool. She's amazing. That's real. I have a lot of respect for her as an actor, even though I have kind of forgotten about Orphan Black and didn't keep watching it just because, like, it's not, you forget, you forget that it's all the same person because she's so good yeah, at being she's different so good. ones. I thought you were talking smack and I was like, no, she's the best. Were you t- Shut up. <laughs> she's great. No, like, genuinely, I think that she's really, really, really good at her job. So Todd shows up to the control room and he has a fake moustache on and he's told by Mia and JD to, like, go away. You're in the way. Stop being here. And we find out that he's taken a liking to the makeup room. They comb his hair and tell stories about their weekends there. Yeah, so JD Salinger makes a big speech and announces that whoever rises above the people in this room will get his special pen, Mm. which is just a normal four-clicker pen. Like, you'd expect it to be, like, some shiny silver one. Uh, Yeah, so then the show starts. Do you want to talk about the set? Because it came together very well. It's a big Mr. Peanut Butter. And one on one of his hands, he's like got the contestants. That's where they sit or stand. And then his other hand's like pointing at stuff. Ah, oh, so clever. <laughs> and he comes out the tongue and spins around. I think you talked about that yesterday. No, not yesterday. Last week. Um, yeah, so they go into the first small, ta- small talk round. And Project fails that. And then he fails general knowledge. And then he yeah, fails. The questions are really hard. Like, one of the general knowledge questions is literally, what is the average rainfall in Bora Bora? Which was, it, it was nice, because in the in the Birdman opening bit, we hear a bunch of, like, people working on the show yelling to each other in the background of that conversation, and one of them is saying, we need the average yearly rainfall for Bora Bora. Yeah, if he'd just hung around for the answer, for somebody shouting back the answer, <laughs> he would have known. Also, Mr. Peanut Butter is wearing a proper suit. Yeah, it's lovely. With a proper shirt and tie. Also proper shoes. This is the most formal ah. we've ever seen him dressed. Because he's wearing wingtips instead of sneakers. Still sunglasses on his head. And to be fair, it is like a pink suit with stars on it, sort of. Apparently Paul for Thompkins actually had that suit made. Really? Like, he owns that suit in real life. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> because Mr. Peanut Butter was wearing it and he was like, that's great. And then like had someone make him one. Paul F. Thompkins and his suits. So I on point. I don't know why you missed pronounce his name every time he comes up on this podcast (laughs) this is why we don't bring him up as much anymore because Paige keeps bullying him (laughs) yeah and like one of the segments is called at the movies with mr peanut butter (laughs) and it's literally (laughs) what did he think about star trek so like a big board comes down that's kind of like a slot machine with all these different topics that bojack will get to choose from one of three and the ones that end up locking in are like trigonometry advanced physics and at the movies with mr peanut butter and he picks the one that he thinks will be the easiest but i watched the whole thing on frame by frame and there are other segments including healthy living what's that smell time travel paradox what is that is that legal and animation 101 Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that last one intrigues me what would the question be 
be. Yeah, so Bojack fails them and it's like, oh, but Bojack's doing a bad job. And then we see um, Todd talking to Mia and it's clear that Mia really wants that pen. And we also find out that Todd is an associate producer because he's friends with Mr. Peanutbutt. (laughs) Also, Mia is carrying a sack that just says ear confetti on it. Yeah, what's that? The confetti that comes out of the giant Mr. Peanutbutt head's ears. Oh, of course. I was thinking it was like, oh my god, I'm such an idiot. I was thinking it was like some device that gave the sensation of like confetti bursting but in your ears. Like a sound thing? Never mind. It's a very serious neurological condition we're talking about. (laughs) Phantom Um, confetti syndrome. Uh, ear confetti. Oh, I read so much into that and it was nothing. It was it was literally <laughs> what it is. Yeah, so then the show goes to a break and Bojack tells Mr. Peanut Butter that he's being a bit of a dick, but Mr. Peanut Butter kind of just moves on. He doesn't really understand what yeah, Bojack's getting at. he thinks they're at. still just having fun. Yeah. And then Daniel Radcliffe shows up as the big yep. celebrity. And he gets, like, Bojack is just standing at a a plain black podium and Daniel Radcliffe has like a fancy ornate silver podium and a silver throne that he gets to sit on and he plays himself right yeah yeah it's Daniel Radcliffe doing his own voice I love when Daniel Radcliffe plays himself in things because he always it's always a version of Daniel Radcliffe that's a real conceited dipshit (laughs) which is not what Daniel Radcliffe is actually like but I like that he is a good enough sport that he will play that version of him himself in things for jokes. Yeah. What else is he in that he plays himself? Um, it's this web series thing. It's on YouTube. It's called How to Be Daniel Radcliffe. I think it's made by someone called Bad Teeth. And it's just like a mockumentary of Daniel Radcliffe talking about what it's like to be famous. It's really good. I would recommend it. And I feel like he's in something else. Is he in extras? Probably. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think we skipped over a little bit where like Bojack tries to do a zinger to Mr. Peanut Butter. Like he calls him a mutt or something and makes like a bad pun. And the audience is just full of cricket people at the front who are just completely silent instead of chirping. And one of them just yells, you suck. (laughs) I thought it was a really nice touch. Yeah, so once Daniel Radcliffe kind of enters, Bojack just walks off. I, I think they go to a break anyway, but he's talking to Wanda, and Wanda, Wanda is very immersed in the, the screen experience, and that she didn't know that Daniel was going to be on either, so there's no way Bojack <laughs> could know. It's a surprise yeah. for everybody. As he leaves, she says, love ya, and he goes, you too. Bojack. So in the hallway, Bojack meets Daniel, and... Daniel doesn't remember Bojack. I've got him written as Dan in my notes, but that sounds too, like, informal. I haven't met him. I'll just call I him call Daniel. I call him Brad Dan. <laughs> yeah, and, and the joke is that Daniel Daniel doesn't remember Bojack at all, but he remembers the person, the little bird person. We've had so sorry for. I can't remember. Oh yeah, because she keeps on getting whomped with doors. Yeah, and she loses her all her feathers. Poor thing. Yeah, she's like a a techie or something. Like she she works on the show. Um, like the joke is that Daniel Radcliffe does not remember Bojack and the times that they shared together, but he like remembers this really specific low level personnel person from another production. He's like, how did your mother's party go in the end? Yeah, so then the show starts back up again and they're playing a game called Head to Head and we see a shot of the control room where um, JD is very clearly... uh, J.D. Salinger is very clearly enjoying the power that he's being given. Do you think J.D. Salinger's friends called him J.D.? 
I hope they did. It's weird how your first couple of names being initialed when they're with your surname as well, it looks really professional Mm. and formal. But if you then get called just by your first two initials, like, it sounds like the most informal thing ever. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, imagine someone going up to JK Rowling and being like, all right, JK. (laughs) It's short for just kidding, Rowling. (laughs) Fucking blew my mind when I found out that JK was short for just kidding and not for joke. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And Bay is an abbreviation of before anyone else. I don't understand <gasps> millennial slang. Really? Yeah, isn't that fucked up? But it makes more sense now because people are always saying, like, pizza is bae. It's, so- it's something that you are, not something that you're one of. Like, you you wouldn't, or at least originally people weren't saying that someone or something was their bae. They were just saying is bae. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. Thought it was short for babe. Yeah, that's what I thought as well. Where were we up to? Oh, yeah. So Todd comes back into the control room and he's dressed real fancy and he's trying to <laughs> be professional. He's wearing heels, though. Yeah, <laughs> they're the most professional shoe, Jim, because then you yep. can do your business real quick. Yeah, Mia is having none of it. She's like, stop looking around, get out. And then we go back to the show, and it's clear that Bojack is getting really hard questions, and then Dan just gets easy ones. Dan gets a question right, which I loved. It was such a good question and answer about what do you get when you mix. But is it blue and yellow? And turns out I'm he- sorry, do you not know what green is made of? Yeah, I couldn't remember. Yeah, I was working backwards. <laughs> Took me a sec. I'm not an artist. I'm not a mathematician, but I know what 4 plus 4 is. <laughs> Yeah, he gets asked, what what do you get if you make blue and yellow? And he has this story about how he lived next to an artist when he was growing up and how he would mix green paint and blue paint together to make green. And that man was Banksy. Yes. <laughs> and then because Bojack lost that round, he has to write an essay while Daniel gets to Just do... into th- a cash grab booth. Yeah, there's an actual car. It seems really dangerous. Why? It just seems like there's a lot of bits in a car. Like, there's not much room to move around. Not dangerous, just, like, less fun than just a box. I'm sure people have done more physically dangerous things than that inside a car. In the control room, there's, like, a bunch of post-its on the wall that have different phrases written on them. One of them says cash grab booth, and one of them says head-to-head, so obviously they're, like, show segments. Mm -hmm. But there are a couple there that we just never get to see. Like, one is just called The Laughing Man, and one is called... War with Eskimos. Ooh. Um, yeah, so as Bojack's writing his essay, he gets like a little schoolhouse thing gets dropped on him. <laughs> and Princess Carolyn comes in to tell him one, to do better, and two, to tell him a story. And there's lots of things that happen in the story. Well, not things, but people that are mentioned in the story. So basically, she's telling about this like gambling house she used to go to that was run by Wilma Vanderama. That's, he's the foreign guy. Oh, and that 70s show. Have you seen that 70s show? Nope. Oh, okay. He was also in From Dust Till Dawn, the series. That's... No. Okay. But I just like the joke where um, Princess Carolyn was like, when he was relevant, because he's, he's not that relevant anymore. That's true. Okay. So I shouldn't feel bad to not knowing what he is. He's like one of the least successful people in that 70s show, I reckon. And we find out that she's playing... Playing gambling. Playing cards. <laughs> <laughs> Who's up for a rousing game of gamble? <laughs> Perhaps we'll win some money dollars. But she's playing with Lucy Lawless, and that's um, Xena, the warrior princess. I know. Oh, okay. That's good. And Lucy Liu. We all know who Lucy Liu is. Watson from Elementary. Yes. Best known for. <laughs> and Charlie's Angels. She's Lucy Liu. Yes. <laughs> and Lauren Locken. 
She's a bit older. I see. Is that her whole thing? <laughs> yeah, now I'm just trying to figure out what her mo- the thing she's most famous for, a fortress made in 1992. Philofax. Catch Me If You Can and Operation Splitsville. Operation Splitsville. Catch Me If You Can is really good. Okay, the 1989 one? Maybe. Doesn't have What's-His-Face in it. Leonardo. Different oh, okay. one. That's such a weird pool. Why? She's not, she's like in 12 things. Isn't it just a bunch of people with similar names? Isn't that the whole joke? Yeah, I think so. I like that this is a story that is called out in universe for being meandering and having more <laughs> details than it needs, and we have now spent like three times the length of the scene talking about it. <laughs> that was planned. It's a meta joke. Get it, guys? <laughs> um, oh, and the dog from Frasier. That's what I really wanted to talk about. Because <laughs> in Frasier, Eddie is like an actual person. It's so great. Yeah. Do you I like Frasier? I don't really know what Frasier is. It makes me feel sad. Yeah, I guess the dog is a person. He died halfway through the filming, and they had to replace him with his son. I wonder if that really happened in this universe as well. Why did they replace a dog with its own son? Because it looks similar. Actually, yeah. That Eddie was real old. You can't really tell the age of a dog once it's an adult, so that's fine. <laughs> you can't do that with the Sheens. So imagine if when Charlie Sheen left <laughs> two and a half men, they replaced him with Martin Sheen. <laughs> so good <laughs> just like oh hello president bartlett what are you doing in two and a half men oh, i'd watch that show i, oh, I, I really would i'm not even kidding i would watch it if it was <laughs> martin jean they've got the same teeth <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so the point of Miss, uh, princess carolyn's story is that mr peanut butter has a towel his ears flop upwards mm, when he's excited yes and he gets excited about the right answer as we all do. The story is also kind of about how Mr. Peanut Butter plays dumb, but is actually like secretly really good at fooling people, I guess? Yes. Like he's either secretly very canny and good at poker, or just like ridiculously lucky. Mm-hmm. And we have seen evidence for both of those things. Yeah. So I'm not sure which one it's meant to be telling us. Um. So then the schoolhouse lifts up and Mr. Peanut Butter reads out Bojack's essay. And like, we get the sense it would have been a quite an interesting essay on the topic. <laughs> but he didn't finish it. He only got, he didn't even get past the thesis statement. Yeah, so then they have a buzzing round. Bojack uses the towel to work out which answer is correct. Yeah, it's kind of a montage of him getting the answer is correct. It's basically just a bunch of like wacky situations with him giving a right answer to a trivia question. Like they'll be hanging from trapezes and he'll say the answer. One of the things is him and Daniel in like a two-person panto horse costume, (laughs) which is on all fours like a regular horse costume, but is wearing jeans and has hands instead of hoofs at the front. But it's still shaped like a quadrupedal horse, it's not just like a horse man on his knees. Like, I encourage you to look at that image and imagine it standing up like a person. Oh yeah. Because the arms are just coming out of the chest. It's just, it's a suit of a horrifying gigantic man with weird proportions just bending over. That is weird. Like it's some kind of horrifying giant baby. (laughs) Also, there's a bit where they're playing unicorn coits, where they're both wearing, like, a sparkly leotard, and they each have a a unicorn horn on their head, and they're trying to throw rings onto each other's horns, which implies that unicorns exist. 
as a thing in Bojack Horseman, which is a cool thought. Yeah, that they is still interesting. still only let virgins ride them. Okay. Unicorns were the original slut shamers. I have a lot to say on this topic. Also, potentially it wasn't unicorns. They may have just been dressed as fancy narwhals. I don't want to assume that they're unicorns just because Bojack is a horse. Okay. That's some good thinking. You did some good thinking. Thanks. <laughs> Um, so at the end of the montage, Bojack brings the game back to its high, and then uh, the the show kind of goes to a break, and Dan confronts Bojack about winning. Because Dan agreed to do the show because he was meant to win, plug his movie, and donate the money he won to charity. That's the plan. Bojack thinks that charity is the name of Daniel's girlfriend. Yes. <laughs> So then Bojack goes backstage and talks to Wanda, and it's clear to Wanda that people on the app want Dan to win, not Bojack. And Bojack agrees to lose for her. And then we go back to the show, and Bojack gets a question about Secretariat, and he kind of Which answers it. Which is kind it. of weird in the fiction of the show, because Mr. Peanut Butter, if anything, should be giving him even harder questions than he was giving him before, but this is one that realistically he should have been able to answer very easily, but he deliberately answers it badly because he just promised Wonder he would. Yeah, Mr. Peanut Butter starts making fun of him. Bojack fires back and brings up Diane's trip to Cordovia. It's pretty much out of nowhere, really. I don't know, like, if you think about it, it's like it's been building up within Bojack to yell at Mr. Peanut Butter this whole episode. This is still way too far and, like, barely related to what they were talking about. Ah, uh, yeah. So what happens is Mr. Peanut Butter is saying, I, I can't believe you're starring as Secretariat in a movie right now and you got a question about Secretariat wrong. You're so bad at your job, you need my wife there as a consultant to tell you things about Secretariat. Mm -hmm. The obvious thing for Bojack to do there is for him to, like, call Mr. Peanut Butter out for being kind of a copycat hack in his career. Oh, because yeah, fair Mr. Enough. Peanut Butter is already throwing shade at Bojack's work ethic. So it would make the most sense if Bojack wanted to get me for him to be like everything about your career has just been copying mine but instead he's like oh your wife huh well your wife doesn't even like you that's why she'd left the country to escape from her awful marriage yeah that's a good point yeah i don't think it's a tricky one i don't think bojack or mr peanut butter are completely innocent like bojack even says after he answers the question like just let it go and mr peanut butter keeps going but he did also get the question super wrong that he should have known yeah this is the thing like this situation and clearly jd salinger wanted this to happen because the whole time he's watching going yeah Yes, yes. Yeah. Like, this has clearly been engineered to provoke and fuck with Bojack specifically, because Bojack is not a good sport. Yeah, that's a good point. Mr. Peanut Butter isn't really in on that, I don't think. I don't think that he realises that this is a really shitty experience for Bojack. I was thinking about it from the position that Mr. Peanut Butter should have known, but nobody told him, so how could he know? Salinger may be in the wrong. I think Bojack is definitely in the wrong. I honestly don't think that Mr. Peanut Butter is that in the wrong. I think that all that we can really accuse him of here is being kind of oblivious to the emotional content of something that's happening, mm. which we already know is, like, a consistent problem for him. Whereas Bojack was definitely trying to hurt Mr. Peanut Butter's feelings with his reply. So then, yeah, Mr. Peanut Butter gets real. He gets really real. And... <laughs> That seems to be, like, the show seems to be set up for this. Like, it's the getting real segment, and Mr. Peanut Butter pulls out two, like, shitty folding chairs and sits in <laughs> one and, like, gestures Bojack over to the other. And the whole atmosphere is really tense, and J.D. Salinger makes it rain on them. Yeah, 
And anyway, we find out that Mr. Peanut Butter knows about the kiss between Bojack and Diane on the highway because she told him because of course she did. They married. Yeah, I thought that was a good touch because, yeah, Mr. Peanut Butter basically is like, oh, okay, you want to talk about Diane? How come you tried to make out with her when we were a week away from our marriage yeah. and you're meant to be my friend? Everybody's shocked the whole audience and somebody with an I love Daniel Radcliffe sign, one of the crickets is just like, <laughs> And Daniel Radcliffe is clearly like super awkward right now and mr peanut butter says that really like he says all he ever wanted was to be bojack's friend and bojack treats him like a huge joke and why don't you like me bojack says that he's jealous that everything comes so easily to you that everything comes so easily to him and mr peanut butter points out as many people have that bojack basically has gotten, like, his dream role and stuff, and is, like, really successful. Yeah, and has a girlfriend who loves him. What more could you possibly want? I think he says, what more could the universe possibly owe you? Yeah. He says that he wants to feel good about himself the way Mr. Peanut Butter does, and he doesn't know how, and he doesn't know if he's capable of it. Yeah. <laughs> and then gives, like, a really sincere apology, and Mr. Peanut Butter says he doesn't know if he can forgive him, and then they go to break. Yes. And the way he says, I don't know if I can forgive you, but I guess we'll find out right after this break and like goes back into happy-go-lucky mode but then as soon as the camera's off his face (laughs) drops again and he storms out and he's like slouched it's a really interesting confirmation that he's not as oblivious to what's going on as people may assume from the way he acts he has been aware this whole time that Bojack does not like him and is like pretending to or is being like actively passive aggressive and snippy all the time poor Mr. Peanut Butter like I think that when we first meet Mr. Peanut Butter we're meant to side with Bojack because Bojack's the protagonist and because Mr. Peanut Butter is sort of gratingly obnoxious but yeah yeah i think like this show is really good at making complicated characters it's like not really a surprise that mr peanut butter is a bit more complicated than we first suspect yeah so mr peanut butter walks off stage and wanda meets him in the hall and asks for the show to have a happy ending because that's when everybody on the app wants mr peanut butter's like i'm not really sure if i can do that because this is real life and then wanda gets like a bit spooky intimidating says that it's network television and that they need to wrap it up and have a happy ending so he'd better fucking go and make us one so the show starts again the power goes out like almost immediately yeah so it turns out that tog unplugged the main power supply to plug in a George Foreman grill. I totally missed that. It was the best joke of the show. So at one point, J.D. Salinger in celebration asks for a Red Bull and a banana fish sandwich. Do you know what that's in reference to? No. He wrote a short story called A Perfect Day for a Banana Fish. And that's why Todd says, A Perfect Day for a Red Bull. So good. What is a banana fish? I don't know. I'll have a little Google. Banana fish. Google, Google. Could be anything, though. You know what a tarantula hawk is? It's a wasp. Oh my god, you should Google banana fish. (laughs) Okay. Ring, 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 banana fish. (laughs) Okay. There's just a lot of... Photoshop banana fishes. There are a couple of real fish in this. Okay. But, like, quite far down, so... Oh, yeah, there's some real fish. 
Okay, that was a weird rabbit hole. But- yeah, it was. <laughs> um, yeah, so <coughs> JD Salinger is so impressed with Mia figuring out to unplug the George Foreman grill and reconnect the power um, that he gives her the pen. Good for her. We go back to the stage because every- the power's back on and Mr. Peanut Butter forgives Bojack. On live television. Because he wanted to, not because they told him to. But because Wanda was so involved in the second second screen experience app, um, she didn't realise that the argument they were having was about Bojack and Diane's kiss. But now she realises that. Daniel Radcliffe proposes that Mr. Peanut Butter and Bojack kiss so that everything's settled. And they do. They have what is described later by Mr. Peanut Butter as a, what is it, a firm but supple kiss? Yes. <laughs> yeah we see todd sulking in the hallway about not getting the pen and mia comes over and she says well maybe you just need somebody to believe in you and gives him the pen and yeah then he jumps up and calls her an idiot for falling for his trick and she gets really mad (laughs) because he just thinks that owning the pen counts like the whole giving it thing doesn't count todd thinks that all of jd's respect is in the, the pen. We see a flash forward to Todd <laughs> telling his grandkids how he got the pen. And then, surprise, it's not a flash forward. It's just Todd in hair and makeup. He's just made himself look old and put, like, mouse ears and wigs on some mannequins. Yeah. That's such a good joke that he just did for himself. Yeah, I really liked that bit. Doesn't work as well when you describe it on a podcast, but it was very funny at the time. Uh, yeah, so then we go back to the last scene of the show, and Bojack gets crowned the winner and he gets to play double or nothing for his money that he's won and yeah so like the money sits in this like net above some fire and he gets an extra question and if he answers it correctly the money gets doubled and if he answers it incorrectly the money just gets burnt and no money goes to charity and yeah the question is about harry potter who played harry potter then Bojack makes a big show of being like, hmm, gee, I just, I just don't remember. Daniel Radcliffe is like, are, are you seriously doing this now? This is for charity. And then Bojack, like, just, at <laughs> the last minute, it's like, Elijah Wood? And then all <laughs> of the money falls into the fire. Because uh, he's just that petty. Yep. Daniel Radcliffe, it is heavily implied that it's not so much that he doesn't remember Bojack as that he's sort of pretending not to. Like, he yeah. makes a big show of, like, calling him, like, wrong names. Like, he calls him Bojangles and my personal favourite, Jock Jam Dorslam. And BJ Novak. Mm-hmm. I looked up who that is. He's a- he was in the office. But yeah, uh, classic prank. That's the end of the episode, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the most focused episodes of the show ever made. The events of the show take place in an amount of time that's about the same amount of time as the episode actually takes to watch. Yeah. Like, this... this this was, like, over, like, a couple of hours at most, and it's all in the same place. Like, even though Todd does have his little Todd B-plot, it's still within the very same studio that they're filming the show in. Yeah, like, that's just the most concentrated a storyline has ever been so far, I think. Yeah. Also, we see an octopus person. Yes, we do. Six arms, but the arms are tentacles with hands on the end. Like, they still have suckers and, like, no joints but Mm. normal human hands at the end. I would love to see an x-ray of this person. (laughs) 
Because they can't have normal arm bones, but they also can't just have octopus flesh. Yeah, wow. That wouldn't be able to support the weight of a boned human hand on the end of it. I like to think that it's probably, the tentacles probably have vertebrae, like a spine. Okay. That's how I'd do it. It'd have to be much more flexible than a human spine, though, but maybe more like, like a prehensile tail. Ooh, okay, you're the expert. Also, normal face on the head, no taint beak. Disappointing. I'm so sorry. Possibly a taint beak as well. Maybe they just, like, draw a face on <laughs> so that no one makes fun of them for having a beak on their taint. I wondered if they go for jobs where they need to use, like, more than two hands? Is that what they're drawn to? This is an interesting kind of universe where you have quite a few people who are like super abled as opposed to disabled. Like if you've if you've got multiple limbs, that means that you're going to be ludicrously good at jobs. Like you, there would be jobs that you would be able to do that people with only two arms wouldn't be able to do at all. Yeah. Like puppeteer. Yeah. <laughs> we do see a lot of kind of specialization based on what sort of animal you are. But it's mostly, like, played for laughs, like sheep eating a little bit of the hedge that they're clipping and things like that, or a hammerhead splooching a nail into some wood with its eye. The multiple limbs thing, that's just useful for all kinds of things. And, like, the worker bees, too, like, I think that they have multiple arms, which would be useful if you were building things. There's a bit in the background where one of the worker bees is just pulling the Rosetta Stone on a trolley. Yeah, maybe it's for a game. <laughs> I hope it's the actual Rosetta Stone. They hired they it. They needed it for a reality TV show. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just wanted to bring up that Diane is not in this episode, but Alison Bray is. She voices the screaming lady. <laughs> That introduces the new segments? No, she doesn't do that. She just kind of... Yeah, there's like this just screaming, like sound bites of a woman screaming about people being murdered that yeah. are like cues for the next segment to happen. Um, I thought that she voices the bird that keeps getting fucked up by doors because I thought that was her. Right, she might play a couple of characters in There's No Diane. She's very talented. It was a pretty good episode, I think. Yeah, I really enjoyed this yeah. one. It's not a super great one to recount as a podcast. <laughs> Basically just be us giving a shot for shot of like weird trivia questions that Bojack gets wrong. But the, the character development and emotional content of that one scene with Mr. Peanut Butter is pretty valuable, I think. Yeah. We all learned a lot. We laughed. We cried. We podcasted. <laughs> okay, should we kill a horse? Yep. <laughs> You can like us on Facebook at Horse and Aloud, H-O-R-S-A-N apostrophe A-L-O-U-D, or follow us on Tumblr at horseandaloud.tumblr.com. You can email us at horseandaloud at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at horseandaloudpod. If you like the show, why not rate or review it on iTunes, or write about it to your local representative. Tell a friend, especially if that <laughs> friend is an elected official friend. And yeah, if, anyone, if any of our new listeners want to send us some fan mail and tell us how come so many people heard about our <laughs> podcast all at once. It haunts me. Why now? What's your game? <laughs> Are you a Russian bot? We don't know. <laughs> I'm Jem Salas. And I'm Paige Winkle. And until next time, suck, suck a dick, dick dumb, dumb shits. shits.